0: today on the spring hills podcast we're doing another segment of beyond the stage now this is our new worship segment where we bring in different members of the worship team so you can get to know the people that are leading you in worship week in and week out now today we've got with us patricia chadwick who is one of our vocalists and then also one of our keys players jerry meyer so they're with us we're going to discuss a variety of worship topics such as what is worship why do we worship why do we worship through music worshiping through music the only way to worship? Things like that. So we're going to have a discussion here about it. I hope you enjoy this episode of Beyond the Stage here on the Spring Hills Podcast. This is Jerry and Patricia. So welcome, guys. It's great to have you both here. We're doing Beyond the Stage. Now, this is our new worship segment where where we talk about what it means to be living a life of worship outside of just worshiping through music. So we're going to go through a couple discussion questions. But first, the other goal that we have with this is to get to know the worship team here at Spring Hills. Now you all know me, you hear me talk all the time, but I wanted you to also know the other worship leaders. So we want to get to know you a little bit. So where are you from? I know you're not from Santa Rosa. So Mm -hmm. where are you from? What brought you here to Santa Rosa?
1: So I was born and raised in San Jose, so the South Bay, uh, which is different from up here. But basically I spent my whole childhood, young adulthood in San Jose, and then I met this guy. (laughs) My husband, um, and Kelly, Kelly, yeah, Kelly Chadwick. And he was born and raised up here actually in Windsor, um, and throughout the Santa Rosa area. So he had been here at Spring Hills for a few years already, but when we met, I was still in San Jose. So, Through our relationship, it was kind of like we knew at some point someone had to move somewhere.
0: Uh Uh-oh, you won the battle.
1: (laughs) Well, and it it was one of those things where we were both very open to, okay, God will show us at the right time who needs to go where. Um, But I knew pretty early on, once we started talking about marriage um, or being married uh, someday, that God was pulling and calling me up here. It's weird, but I somehow knew. Yeah, no, um, I,
0: I understand that completely. It's yeah. crazy when you know that. It's we, it is weird it to is. move from your hometown and be like, I'm supposed to leave my hometown now and go to this place where it feels like home, also, which is strange. Yeah. So yeah, and
1: it was it was very, uh, very clear. And to now, me. how long have you guys been married? Um, oof, almost four years. Cool. Four years this October.
0: Great. And then Jerry, where are you from?
2: Ukiah, California. Born and raised. I was born in Eureka, and my parents moved to Ukiah when I was four.
0: Cool. Okay, so you've been to U- in Ukiah basically Pretty your much. entire life. Did you go, Were you anywhere else when you were in college or anything like that? I lived in Roanoke Park for okay. about
2: four years.
0: Did you do school here?
2: Uh, no. Okay. Mendocino College Got and then St. Mary's College. Cool.
0: Oh, yeah, I knew that, but our listeners maybe didn't. So St. Mary's yeah. College. Cool. And then, Patricia, where'd you go to college?
1: I went to Santa Clara University.
0: And now you are a teacher.
1: Yes, I am. So,
0: Patricia, uh, for all of you teachers out there, there are quite a few of you, Patricia understands all of the struggles and oh. the stresses and anxiety that comes along with all of the unknowns right now. I know it well. Trying to figure out exactly what's going to be happening um, throughout the next school year, because oh, yeah. it's coming up kind of quick, right? Uh, and then, you Jerry, down. you're from Ukiah, so what brought you here to Spring Hills? Because you still live there.
2: Still live in Ukiah, yeah. So, we commute down here for weekends and and um other events that are here yeah um but uh yeah ukiah cool
0: and then uh you know your wife carol also serves on the spring hills team here yeah. and um carol i've got to know her a little bit she is a, a north carolina gal she is and so you have a uh you guys your fandom for the north carolina tar heels is um let's just call it die hard is that is that a good word for that Yes. Uh, Or for her, maybe not for you.
2: Yeah, I'm married into it. Yeah. Uh, 49ers and, you know, Giants and all that stuff, but uh, Bay Area. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, the
0: Tar Heels are a big deal to Carol. If you ever see Carol in the coffee kiosk, now she obviously right now we don't have the coffee kiosk rolling, but if you ever meet Carol in the coffee kiosk and you say anything about Duke basketball, you will immediately see... Um, disdain. She might come over the counter. She might jump over the counter and yeah. uh, and start a fight, but not really. No, Carol's super sweet, and uh, <laughs> it is fun to give her a hard time sometimes with Duke and North Carolina that rivalry. But uh, so I want to ask you. Just let everybody know when did you join the worship team? And this is kind of a funny question, simply because both of you fall under the same category as Brennan did. Now we met Brennan on the the podcast last time. He started the first week that I started and Jerry you also started the first week that i started Correct. and Patricia you were the first audition it's true. that i had which was the first week i don't even think no i wasn't i hadn't even moved here yet no uh, i think i was on my first week on staff and you auditioned that saturday
1: yeah and if i remember correctly you had even driven up here yes. like that day i didn't live here yet mm-hmm.
0: i literally had pulled in the parking lot yeah. from that drive and got here and i remember walking in with you guys right and meeting you and Kelly so uh, yeah, that was, it's crazy that you, uh, both of you, and then Brennan also started all, I think you started technically the week after.
1: I did. And I then, was one week removed. But yeah, you know.
0: and that was really great to have you join us at that time also. So it was really cool because being new to the church, um, I don't know how much I've told you guys about this, but being new to the church, from my background of being at a smaller church and having one consistent, basically five people in the band that were either there or not there, and uh, coming here and having... The people that have been in the band such as, I mean, John Sapiente has been playing for, uh, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. Uh, we had Chris Eccles who'd been playing since he was like 11. Right. So there's a bunch mm-hmm. of people that had been in the band for so long. So it was actually really helpful to me to have new people here because I didn't feel like I was walking into something that I wasn't overwhelmed with the, oh man, here I am now. I'm going to be the worship leader. Kind of in charge of this ministry here and all of these people have been here for years. They all know each other well. Right. Now you also know that all these people are insanely nice and fun people to be around. So it wasn't they were? Really? Well, yeah. Jerry. Okay, so another thing you need to know about Jerry. (laughs) Jerry is extremely uh sarcastic. So am I. So if you ever around me and Jerry, you might hear a little bit of back and forth with a little sarcasm bit. Just, and bashing on each other. but yeah, uh, So I had already asked you guys a little bit what instruments you play. Patricia, you're a vocalist. Do you play other
1: instruments? I do play the piano somewhat, but...
0: I did not know that. Oh dear! Oh, you need I, to start playing. I
1: well, I don't have a piano at home though, or a keyboard. So did you? Take, so it's one. been a long <laughs> time since I practiced.
0: Because Andrea also somewhat plays the piano, which right. she says. and I also I've have heard her play. She's good. She's a good piano player. Oh yeah. And so, but she doesn't do that here, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you guys are vocalists, and that's great. We need that. We need the worship leaders, the vocalists. Um, but yeah, you did you play growing up? Is that growing
1: up? Yeah, a- and that actually is how I started in music was because I started piano lessons at a pretty young age. And then over time, it was like, oh, I actually really like singing, too. And what
0: was your vocal background then? Because you have actually some, like, choir and that kind of stuff in your background.
1: So, I mean, growing up in church, that was, uh, well, probably also those early mid-90s. The movement was choral singing in church. You know. You guys Mm -hmm. know. Of course. So, that was my first early exposure to singing Uh um, through church. Um, And then... I think probably in college I was just looking for what's that easy A class. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really rigorous course, though, that I was taking, and they had this chorale, and I went, oh, and I love singing, and sure, okay, I need it, I need an easy A somewhere, and it actually ended up being so good. It did help me with some vocal technique. Oh, cool! Which I'd never had before.
0: That's awesome.
1: So it, that really worked out. God cool. was good.
0: And then did you continue to sing with at church and stuff? Yeah, continue
1: to sing through college. Uh, it was a very different um, mindset, I think, mm-hmm. um, into what worship, um, the style of worship, um, and the music itself was at the time very performancey. I right, think. right, yeah. But um, we'll probably touch on that later. But yeah, uh, yeah yep. that's kind of the background.
0: Cool. Jerry, what's your musical background? You play the keys. So when did that start?
2: Uh, probably. Third grade. Okay. Um, We
0: should say now this. I I do have to point out because people can't see us. You are of an older generation. (laughs) I'm old. I wouldn't call you old. I don't want to offend anybody, but you are of an older generation. Now you are. Uh, so I'm 33, and you're roughly the age of my dad or yeah. Pastor Brett. You're around that age, I'm right? 60. So, 60 oh, you're okay with saying it. I didn't want to uh, say it. Uh, I didn't want to be the one old. to bring it up. But <laughs> so Jerry's 60. We have this. We have this. Uh, we have this thing where we have only a few people that are. He's. I call Jerry Uncle Jerry. He's not actually my uncle. If you ever him. actually hear me call him Uncle Jerry. No, we're not related. I don't know why I started calling you Uncle Jerry. I think I just felt like you were my uncle. I'm not sure why. Um, you loved that I called you one of my best friends on the last podcast. Absolutely. Uh, no, I. It's. I just the wanted to point mutual, out how old how Aww. old you were was a. Uh, it's relevant. It's not. I'm not trying yeah. to poke fun at you, but
2: but I am uh, the most immature person on which the I absolutely. Team. So that kind of. We're, in
0: we're growing up together yes that's what it, it is exactly yes. yeah you're almost Love twice it. my age and we're growing up together exactly um okay so third grade go ahead
2: uh yeah my parents wanted to uh, get an instrument in my life and um so i think they kind of chose piano okay. i don't know if i remember actually picking that instrument um i know they didn't want drums i know <laughs> that <laughs> no parent does <laughs> no. right um so i think piano. unless you was, have an electric kit yeah and so I took piano lessons, started from with a little old lady down the street. And uh, kind of the funny story is I started in the exact same day with this girl that was the same age as I was. We started the very same day. After the first recital, we were kind of going in different directions. And I wanted to go out and play baseball and ride my bike and do all those things. I did not want to practice. Right. This, this girl just, like, practiced, like, six hours a day, you know, in third grade. And so when this little old lady wanted to retire from this teaching career, um, she passed the torch on to another gentleman that was in town. It was another older man. His name was Schultze. He was this very, very German piano teacher, very strict from what I heard. Okay. I wanted no part of that. And the girl that I started with, she went on with him. Well, she's now a concert pianist. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely amazing. She was like so I graduated. Do you high still school. know her? Oh yeah, I graduated from high school. She's in Ukiah, but she oh, tour, that's awesome. tours around us. Yeah, she's amazing. That's cool. But uh, yeah, we. I always like to say I started the same day she did. <laughs> and how do you compare in skills now, Jerry? <laughs> not no, <I laughs> not a concert penis. No no. Oh no, 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 that's no,
0: no. funny, man. That's cool. That's yeah. that's so actually.
2: I, I didn't. It didn't stick with me. Um, but I've kind of, you know, purchased a keyboard over many times in my lifetime. Yeah, and kind of pick it up and put it back down. I tried guitar. I you tried- love the technical
0: side of it. Oh, I love it. Because yeah. we, when we talk about stuff, your your passion is more of, it, I I call you a setup guy. You love the setup side of it. You love to uh t- to set it up the most efficient way, the best way, what's going to sound the best. And you spend a lot of time on that, focusing on learning the equipment, which is really cool. Because not everybody can do that. I honestly, I never had that passion to learn the equipment behind what I was doing. I was like, yeah, put a guitar in my hands. Great. Right. Oh, that pedal does what? Cool, I'll press that pedal. You know, that kind of thing. Versus guys, Sean is this way too, where he knows the pedals inside and out. He knows exactly what's going on right. in his instrument. So it's really cool that you're, you've are you got that uh, desire to have that knowledge.
2: I'm always kind of looking for new sounds and new technology. And uh, most of what I do is computer-based. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah that kind of stuff really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I know a lot of people don't know about seeing a somebody who's on keys with worship music is the worship music has taken a turn over the years to uh, very synthesizer driven stuff now you also piano has kind of made a little bit of a comeback again there's a lot of piano stuff um, I think the mid, Probably the mid 2000s, there it's it seemed like it was all very electric guitar heavy, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, early 2010s you started to hear the synthesizer, and now there's a really good mix of everything. Like it's really mm-hmm. cool. The worship stuff now we're very fortunate we get we have a great w- worship songwriters that we get to play mm-hmm. the songs um, that they write. But it's really interesting to hear people talk about the piano and they think that whoever's back there on the piano is playing the piano. Because I've had people say I can't hear the piano. I'm like he's not playing the piano. He's playing the synth. Like, Mm -hmm. or the pads or something like that. So there's so much you could do with it now that you can hook it into a computer. It's like endless possibilities. You can do so much with it. So it's cool that you can do that. So um, I want to ask you a couple things about Spring Hills worship in general. Now, as we already talked about, you guys both joined roughly the time that I did, which is cool. Now, Jerry, you were an audition before I was here. Uh, I got the picture of you. I still remember seeing the picture that they sent, meet your new pads player. And I'm like, that guy's old. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And then, uh, Patricia, I was actually here for your audition, which was cool. But what's your favorite part of being part of the Spring Hills worship team?
2: I, you know, I think um, being part of the team, uh, the camaraderie, um, a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, um, It, uh, I think it keeps me grounded, definitely, um, and connected. Um, it's, it's my small group at this point, yeah. you know? I mean, um, and the relationships that we've built through that, And then I feel like I'm part of something I always want to be serving in church. And to me, this is just something that kind of fits and I'm allowed to be creative and, you know, and just get to make, make some great friends.
0: And you've, you've done a lot of, I mean, you grew up in church, right? And then you started serving in the last church you were at, you did a lot of their technical setup and all that. So you've been serving in churches for a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I, I don't know, probably my thirties. I think they, okay. you know, it was a small church, yeah. um, small Baptist church. And they got me involved in a lot of different things and got in some leadership, different things. Um, it was it really kind of strange. They had been going there and they, for a long time. And then they said, well, we need somebody on this one committee. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay. So I go on, show up for this first committee meeting, not knowing what to do, what I'm <laughs> supposed to say or do or anything, just being part of this committee. And the chairman of the committee was leaving and going to do something else. And they, said, we need to vote on somebody for a new chairman. Well, we think Jerry should do it. And I get voted on. It's my first committee meeting. I'm the chairman the next week. And oh, by the way, you're now on the executive committee for the church in with the pastor and three other deacons or something wow. else. It was the weirdest setup. Yeah. And so two weeks later, I'm sitting in there with like everybody that's, you know, been in this church for 40 years, you know, looking at you, looking at me. And and so I was actually involved in hiring the first youth pastor that oh, they ever cool. had. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, just different things like yeah. that. So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Patricia? What's your favorite part of being part of Let's say the Spring Hills Worship Team, but also just right. serving in general, because you serve in other areas.
1: I do, yes. Well,
0: actually, let's start there. What other areas do you serve on here?
1: So I serve in Stevens Ministry, okay. which has been um, a huge blessing, just caring for other people uh, when they need uh, just love yeah. and someone to walk. We're going to do a them. Stevens
0: Ministry episode soon with nice. Garrett and John. and talk about Stephen's ministry and what it is and what the benefits of it are. So I love it. Is that the only team that you're on besides the Uh, worship team? Currently,
1: it's those two. I was also working or serving, I should say, in the children's wing for a little while um, or for maybe about a year and a half. And then I was like, well, let me, right when I started doing Stephen's ministry, I was like, let me refocus a little bit. And even though I love children's ministry, I've done it for a lot of my life. And I thought, let me try something that's a little different.
0: Well, and you're still in children's ministry
1: with And I was going to say, and I still minister to children, honestly, all the time. But I think what I've really grown to love, very much like Jerry said, is the relationships that have come through worship ministry here at Spring Hill specifically. I feel... um, Really like I've gained all these siblings. Mm-hmm. You're not even just friends, you're siblings. It you're is a very uncles, your yeah. and uncles. my cousins or and grandpas. I do. <laughs> <Grandpas. Yeah. laughs> I do have an uncle Jerry though. So right. I'm like, hey, I've got hey. two Uncle Jerry's now. This cool. is great. But yeah, just and they're the deep relationships. It's it's I can come to you all and say, I'm hurting, or I'm struggling, or I'm overjoyed and yeah you're all in it with me yeah. and vice versa. It's a small group. I mean that's what it the is.
0: that's what the goal of small groups is to have yes. this community. So it's it is really cool because it's you you might not see somebody for a couple months. Like you're with the way I, I see everybody right. all the time, but the way we schedule it. If you sing one weekend a month and then the next month, your weekend doesn't match up with somebody else. I mean, you and Andrea, right. for the first year, I don't even know that you got to sing together.
1: Uh, maybe once. And it was for well, Easter year. probably, right? Yeah. Like the one of
0: the big events. Like <laughs> exactly. it was like that to where it was like, it was basically you, a few people wouldn't see each other for months at a time. So and true. Um, which is kind of, it's odd, but it's. It's a really interesting dynamic because the next time you see them, it's like you pick right back up. Absolutely. I've seen it so many, especially right now with people that we, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a few people from the band that haven't been able to come back uh, since the COVID 19 stuff started. And I know that as soon as they come back, it's going to pick up right where they left off. They're going to hug everybody, say hello. Everybody missed them. that happened with Jerry. You came mm-hmm. back finally after a couple months where we hadn't seen you. Mm-hmm. And you get back and everybody's just like, Jerry. And it's it's just really, right. it is like a family. It's very cool. We spend a lot of time together. It's true. Um, 20 minutes later, it was, oh, Jerry. I know. He's like, Oh, and then Jerry! we got right back sure. into <laughs> our jokes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then I also wanted to ask you, how specifically has worship through music impacted your life?
1: Oh, I mean, for me, I think it just consistently comes back to this closeness with God. Um, whether it was it through childhood and just knowing that music always drew me nearer to God. Um, and whether it's in your highest highs, your lowest lows and everything in between. It keeps me grounded in where am I spiritually with God? Worship is kind of almost like a, a gauge you know, if I'm disconnected in worship, then I'm disconnected in other areas in my spiritual walk. So kind of helps me gauge where am I, Lord, with you? And and just kind of continuing to push on in my walk and, and grow.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Jerry, what about you? Uh, very similar. I, I think it gives me um, structure, um, mm-hmm. and it, it does keep me grounded and keeps me connected. And that's the part I love the most.
0: Yeah. I think worshiping through music has had such a huge impact on my life. And I think that's obvious with me just because that's what my job is now. Um, And I, I do, I do look at it as it's, it's so much more than my job. Don't get me wrong, but I'm so blessed that it is my job because I, I get so much out of it in so many different ways. Um, The worship through music. I've never thought of it that way as like a gauge, Uh, but I definitely look at it as different weekends. I can tell where, I'm at because there are weekends where it genuinely feels harder for me to focus on the right things. And it's, it's tough sometimes to be focused on the right things, to not be distracted. And we're going to talk about some distractions and challenges of that later, because, um, there's been some interesting things throughout my, just my ministry career of what distractions can do, what they are, they've changed, they shift, uh, and what their, their, what can be the biggest distractions at any certain time and how they change. Uh, so yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit later, but I do also want to just kind of mention again, worship beyond the stage, which is what we're, what we're talking about in this podcast is beyond the stage. And we're talking about it in two ways. So we're one, we want you to get to know the people that are on stage, uh, know their hearts, know their background, get to know us. I feel like there sometimes can be this gap between the congregation and the stage that mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, some people, we, it's really great because we've gotten to get to, we've gotten to know people in our congregation to where, uh, they get to come up, they'll come up and talk to us. And right. sometimes I can tell there are people that are like, am I allowed to approach the stage? You know, mm-hmm. like it's that kind <laughs> right. of, is this mm-hmm. allowed? Cause it can, it, it can be a little intimidating when there's, you know, it's a big, it's a big church. Mm-hmm. It can be a little intimidating to walk up towards the stage to talk to somebody that you just saw on stage. And I remember being that to be like, can I go talk to this guy? And I went to a conference a few years back, and this is where I thought of this, was I had just started at Spring Hills. Uh, the worship leaders from Highlands Church were at this conference in uh, at Central Church in Henderson, uh, near Vegas, and John Larson, who's the worship pastor at, at Highlands, he had just got done leading worship. He walked back during like the little greeting time thing, and he stood at the sound booth. And I during the thing just saw him standing there, and I was so just like, can I go up to him and say hi? And then I was like, of course I can walk up to him and say hi and tell him thank you for leading worship, you know. And I did that, and he just basically he just turns and he just goes, oh dude, thanks for saying that. Like it's actually been kind of a rough morning, so, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like, that's crazy to me because here you are on this huge stage. And I actually had the thought, like maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't bug him, you know, like mm. that. And it's just like, no, 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 that barrier. Sometimes, of like I, I want to break that barrier down, let people get to know us, because Absolutely. I don't want that. T- I will always want people to be like, hey, I can go say hi and and share something with them or whatever. So that's part of the goal here, uh, is to get to know our band, our our worship team, and then also to talk about worship beyond the stage, what it means to be worshiping beyond worshiping through music so we'll talk about that first Colossians three seventeen says whatever you do in word or deed do it in the name of Jesus and I want to talk about that so specifically what might it look like to do we'll say your job we'll start there your job uh, or it could be other aspects in your life but as an act of worship so your family life your friends um, the relationships you have whatever it is your hobbies uh, what it, what that might look like to do that as an act of worship
2: I think for me, um, well, worship starts with gratitude and um, being thankful. And so I, I try to look at every aspect of my life and, you know, I'm, I just am grateful and thankful for things that I have things that, you know, relationships that I've built um, and uh, my job, everything, um, family. And I think having that being grounded in a worshipful thought or in gratitude. Um, it just translates into how I want to approach my day mm-hmm. and dealing with other people um, mm-hmm. and versus, you know, something if it was more about me and then what I need to get out of this day versus what I can give or give back.
1: Yeah. Right. No, I totally agree. I mean, it, in thinking through it was, almost as if anything that means I have to extend beyond myself for Mm -hmm. other people, for their needs before mine, especially when I know God's calling me to do so that's worship. Right. And whether that's in my job, in my marriage, um, you know, with family, with friends, um, it, it often ends up taking extra energy or time from me. But, that's what makes it worship yeah. because that's what we're called to do. Exactly. And that, that's really, truly living out, um, just Christ's love, uh, for other people. So I couldn't agree more, Jerry.
0: I love, this is one thing that I've told you before, Patricia, and we did the first team night that we did. We, the, the theme was choose joy and we got to pick somebody Mm -hmm. from our team that represented that. And you were the one that I had picked, um, (laughs) choosing joy, because if you know, Patricia, there's You don't often see Patricia not smiling, first of all. You're smiling <laughs> right now. You've smi- been it's smiling true. this whole podcast. Guilty. And it's amazing. Um, Johnny is this way too. Johnny, who plays bass <gasps> yes. for us. Johnny is yeah. always smiling. It's infectious. I love it's, it. it. It is. And it's not that, like, the other people in the group aren't positive people. But there's something about the smile. And I really do believe that the way that you choose joy in your life. Because I mm. guarantee you there are times where you don't feel like smiling, but you're True. still smiling, right? <laughs> yeah, And yeah. you choose joy. You choose to be happy. And I've seen you do that, and I, that's a way to be worshiping. And mm. it's infectious. It really is. If you're here on a weekend and you're smiling and you're encouraging people, it mm. lifts the whole group up in, in the green room on the stage, and then it goes beyond the stage to the worship team. And I think that's mm. a, huge, um, it's a huge testimony to what you, how you live your life because right. if you didn't live your life that way, you wouldn't always be walking into the green room with a smile on your face because right. I don't always walk into the green room with a smile on my face. <laughs> Sometimes I'm stressed out. You guys have seen that happen, and right. it's Couple I times. I have to tell you how much of an effect uh, the the positivity has of like choosing joy has on me as not not just a worship leader but just as a, a husband, as a father, as a friend. Mm-hmm. To see people choosing joy is always uh, it's infectious and it really is impactful for me. So only can imagine. People going through a hard time at work and you see them and you're smiling, like it's an impact on other people right. and someone might be going, I want what she has. Like, why is she always happy? I want to mm-hmm. know why she's, it, it's not just that you're a happy person. Right. It's, it's so much it's more that than that. It's that you're living a life of worshiping and like Jerry said, of gratitude. You're thankful. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it is, it, it's very, it's a huge impact that um your joy has. It's very obvious too. Aww, so. Thanks. Uh, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring Patricia on is also to to share that kind of thing. The, the impact that she has on the group, is uh, on the band, is huge. And not to say that the other people don't have that huge impact, but specifically, that is the first thing that comes to my mind. When somebody were to ask, hey, go down the list of what's the non-musical right. impact mm-hmm. that these people in the band have, I could say something different for each person, and it's all like, this is why we're a team. We need all of these. And it's really cool to see how that has gone into your own lives. So Jerry, Mm -hmm. I know one of the things, you've come here before. um, You you came here one morning. I'm going to guess it was probably a year after we had gotten here. You were driving on the freeway. I forget what song we were singing. Maybe you remember this. And you shared with the band that morning, because you were driving here, you have a long drive. The rest of us Mm -hmm. are driving maybe, you know, 15 minutes tops right. to get here. And you're driving an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and an so hour. you leave to get here on Sunday mornings by 7.15. You're on the road, you know, 6 o'clock, 6.15. And you had shared that you had seen the sun rising. And you yeah. had a moment of worship in your car where you were, ju- you were just in awe of of what God created. And yeah. the. so you are one of the <laughs> older... <laughs> More <laughs> mature people yes m- in the much band. more mature much more mature yes. in age is what I'm talking about yeah, age but <laughs> let's get that right with that comes a certain amount of respect that we all have for you that you ha- you've you've lived uh, you've lived you have more experience mm-hmm. you've seen God work in your life for years and years and so you have a different kind of gratitude and joy that maybe some of us haven't learned yet and there's even somebody as young as 17 years old in the band at one point when we were first all starting here mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. so uh do you remember this experience do you remember what i'm talking yeah, about yeah i do Do you want to share about that a little bit
2: well yeah i think um you know getting up early it takes me about 30 minutes to wake up so i the first 30 minutes of my drive i'm pretty much asleep um, great yeah stay uh, off the road if you're listening that's to that same. 101 south yeah, 101 on sunday mornings yeah, that's right come <laughs> get see, me <laughs> you see a
0: tr- you see a truck yeah and the co- swerving a little bit and you see a bald head it's jerry, jerry.
2: yeah the coffee <laughs> kicks in about cloverdale Um, (laughs) and then uh so i gauge it by towns you know it's like go go along and uh i don't know i think i came around the corner and and the sun was coming up and and there was like a mist over the vineyards um and kind of just the sun starts breaking through their clouds and i'm listening to worship music as you know i'm listening to the songs we're playing that morning usually as i'm you know just kind of my last minute little rehearsal for myself but it's also my time i think for me uh Probably the most um, worshipful time for me, or even the time I'm closest to God, is when I'm in the car and by myself.
0: This is what Brendan said last week, too.
2: Yeah. And, and in fact, Carol and I do, both do that. When we get in the car and we drive, we, most of the time, there's not a lot of discussion going on. That's kind of our time to even sitting next to each other. It's just decompress. this time to mm-hmm. decompress and think and listen to music. And we both like listening to the worship music in the car. And I've had moments where, you know, because um, I'm kind of an emotional person, and and I will pull over to the side of the road sometimes because it's just, I can't drive right now. And that was kind of one of those mornings. I don't think, remember, I pulled over to the side. But, I mean, it was like you slow down and you're really kind of taking it, everything in. Mm. And it was, I forgot the the song that I was listening to at the time. But
0: I, I want to say it was What a Beautiful Name because it was it, one it of been, the, yeah. it was when we were close to to the time we had started. I don't think it was very long after. Um, yeah. So that one was still on the regular rotation at that point.
2: Yeah. And it was just kind of the, what I was visually seeing and the words that I was listening to just kind of melded together. And it was this, this um, I, I know we talk, you know, worship isn't just feeling, but I do mm-hmm. believe there's a difference between feeling and emotion yeah. mm-hmm. and an emotion, I think is much bigger. And I think the emotion just kind of overtook me and it was a pretty big deal. And I kind of came in here and I wanted to kind of the first few minutes I was here, I was still kind of feeling that. Um, but I mean, last week I was going up in, in Montana and seeing my, um, my daughter and my grandkids and, and I flew into Spokane and wanted to make that drive cause I'd never been there. And it's about a six hour drive through Idaho and into Montana. And you're driving along some of the most beautiful country in the world, I think. And, um, uh, along a river and I, and I, there was a couple of times where I'm listening to the worship music and just pulling over to the side and just kind of sitting there for a while and watching a river and listening to the music. And that was kind of a worshipful time. I was, it's a six hour drive. It took me like Eight and a half, just yeah. because of those little stops like that.
0: Well, I don't want to sit in the car with you.
2: No, you don't. <laughs> but the I, speed I could limit up there 90 miles an hour. The speed limit up there is actually no, it's 80 miles an hour. But I was you like, go wait, 90. no. What it's
0: is this? The Audubon? What? Yeah. Ni- that speed limit is 80. Good miles for you an guys. Oh my yeah. And if, if you're not going, it's not 90. like driving through Portland, no. 55. No. <laughs> which no. I can tell you, I can tell you, one of the most miserable drives I've ever been on was when you get out of California up north and get into Oregon. And it, you're just like, hold on, I got to go 55. Yeah. And then everybody was like, well, yeah. And then if they see your California plates, you will y- be stuck. You will get pulled over. Absolutely. And I, right, right, right. I I don't know how I didn't get pulled over because there were so many times that I think I got stuck behind trucks because God was like, dude, you need to slow down. You right. need. You're gonna get a <laughs> ticket. You don't need a ticket. Anyways.
2: Well, I was wanting to do 60 miles an hour because I wanted to see. The you scenery. wanted to see it all, so and you got people passing, honking and at like, you. Oh yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah
0: that's. A, you know what though? That's really cool because thinking of it in different ways, I love talking about this kind of stuff because it's all things that that we differ in, mm-hmm. in ways of what worship is to us and where how it impacts our life. And I want to talk about this now with, um, I, there's a couple things I want to talk about with you guys today. So we're basically going to focus on, uh, I'll call it, I'll say it's going to focus down to distractions and we're going to talk about a couple things within it. So worshiping through adversity and and things that are causing you to take your eyes off of what truly matters. And now I do want to say that we're going to focus on this in both a musical way and just life in general. Mm-hmm. And um, as I see you both flipping your pages of your notes, I will say that uh, <laughs> I might jump around here a little bit, okay. so I'm sorry if, if I'm throwing you off. But uh, we've, we're talking about our own private worship. You, Jerry, you mentioned it in the car. Uh, Patricia, what's the time that you feel like you get the most – like one-on-one worship time with God in the way that you're maybe directly, you know, in prayer, uh, in a devotional, singing, whatever it mm-hmm. is, that you, you feel like you get the most uh, one-on-one worship time?
1: I think probably for me it's, well, it, it probably looks a little different pre-COVID uh-huh. <laughs> versus now. Of course. Uh, so and it's
0: going to look a little different after.
1: And it will. It's it, Sure. But I think right now, like where I am right now, um, it's there's a lot of time at home. And that is different for me. Usually I'm go, go, go. So it would have been time in the car probably where, yeah, I turn off the radio. I just worship through a song or in prayer or whatever. But now I find I'm home and I have time to devote without having to go one place to the other. Um, so I I I feel like I'm just more intentional in the things that I do, maybe that would have been mundane, um, but even something as simple. So Kelly and I, we go for walks. We've been going on a lot of walks, um, and and it's kind of similar to Jared, what what you were saying in the car. You may not even need to talk. Like you're both in the car. We're we're walking. Sometimes we're talking it up, and sometimes we're just walking. Yeah. And I'm internally worshiping as we walk and just saying, you know, Lord, this is such an amazing afternoon. You know, just oh, this breeze, getting this time with my husband to just walk in the afternoon. A few months ago, this would not have been happening. We would not have had the quote unquote time to do that. Um, so just kind of worshiping in in things that, like I said, would have been mundane or, um, we wouldn't have had time to do. Um, and now being more intentional with that time, or at least trying to be that that's what it is. I'm not successful at it, but knowing that God's growing me in it and that I'm open to it, that is just amazing.
0: I think for me, the, and this is not going to come for a surprise as a surprise to anybody, I really do get the most worship time during my my practice with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big thing with me is, if, if you guys know this about me, uh, and I shared it last week as as well, I'm so big on having everything memorized. Now, mm-hmm. this is part of the reason why I think God put me in the position that I'm in, is because I don't just memorize what I need to be singing or what I need to be playing. I memorize what everybody else should be doing to the best I can. Now, I'm not obviously not perfect at it. I'm not a drummer, so... We are very blessed to have great drummers that <laughs> I just kind of go. That sounds right. <laughs> like I trust you. That's Good what. For you. That's what's supposed to be happening there, Ricky. You great. Notice he didn't say keyboards. Um, <laughs> he said drummers. He well, and you've trust seen the me. <laughs> 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 it's like, he's always turning to Jerry. 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 Are you playing the? Jerry. Are you playing the four or the six? There. Hey, uh, be honest. Yeah. Be honest. <laughs> be honest. And you're like, what key what are you
2: playing in? <laughs> <laughs> so, I
0: I, I listened to. <laughs> It happens more that the reason this is funny is because this happens more than you think. Um, but the what I'm what I'm really getting at here is that because I because I listen to it so much, God's given me the magical gift to not get sick of songs super easy. So mm. I will listen to it over and over. Right. And what happens with that is I'm memorizing lyrics and I'm hearing these lyrics over and over oh. and over mm-hmm. and over. And the great thing about not getting sick of songs and the way that it happens is that I find something that is really meaningful to me every time we sing it. Mm. And I'll give you an example that I gave last week as well with uh with and- or a couple weeks ago with Andrea and Brennan is that this is amazing grace is a song that is probably the one of one of the top 5 most played songs of the last 8 years. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that this weekend. We recorded it yesterday with the band and we're going to be doing that this coming weekend. And I think by the time this podcast comes out it'll be last weekend. But we're singing this is amazing grace and we're doing it we're recording it the other day Every time that I sing it, I'm still joyful to sing it. And mm. it's not because it's not because I'm being fake about like, I'm going to act happy in this song. No, I genuinely love that song. Mm. And the reason is not necessarily because it's a great song. Because it is a great song. Obviously, its it wouldn't be played as much as it is if it wasn't a great song. But the reason is because when I'm singing that song, there's the words that, that come across each time that are meaningful to me in a different way every time. So yesterday there's a line in the song that I focused on this time that I wasn't so focused on last time last time I was so focused on that you bared my cross that was my the thing that I was focused on this yesterday we're singing the song who brings our chaos back into order how relevant is that to us right now mm-hmm. yeah he brings our chaos back into order and it's like oh God please bring this chaos back into order right. and then to know like I can trust that he's going to like I don't need to be anxious right now with everything that's going on. I can trust that God's going to bring our chaos back into order. And that's with me. I I worship so much through practicing because Mm. there will be a line in a song that I maybe never focused on before. Very similar to when you read scripture. Like, oh, you know what? I've never thought about it this way. I've never been focused on this before because now this is what's relevant to my life. Let's take a quick break. I want to talk to you about the Spring Hills Church app. Head on over to the app store, search for Spring Hills Church, download it, And you can see all the amazing resources that we've got on there for you. You can watch the sermons. You can listen to the podcast. You can give. You can connect. You can find out about all of the events and ongoings here at Spring Hills. It really is a great resource. So go download the app. Search in the App Store for Spring Hills Church. And I've said app way too many times. But trust me, the Spring Hills Church app is the app that you want to download in the App Store. So go check out that app right now. So I want to talk about idolatry. Let's look at what are some modern day examples of idolatry—things that might be put higher on our altar of praise rather than God.
1: Mm.
0: Not necessarily so just many. for yourself, but you right, know, in general. You you work so Patricia being you work at a school. Mm-hmm. Jerry, you work uh, in insurance. This is very different from what, but Brennan. Well, Brennan is a teacher also, but right from what they have gone they are seeing on a daily basis and what mm-hmm. I see on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. Modern day examples of what we might be putting higher on our altar of praise.
1: I think one one thing that sticks out to me, and it's more so than just work or your job, but this idea of success, like being successful um, and that that can look different ways, right? Um, and not, it's not inherently a bad thing to want that. Yeah. But if the pursuit of it takes over every aspect, including God, yeah. then something's definitely not right. Well it's kinda like right? the
0: money is not what's evil, it's the love of money.
1: Exactly. So I, I think and it maybe as a as a teacher Um, it looks a little different than some big business, you know, success means money. But as a teacher, success means, you know, your classroom looks a certain way and you have, it looks like Instagram teachers that have these amazing classrooms that do these amazing things for their kids and for their families and that you're almost going so much the extra mile that you're sacrificing everything else. Um, And just remembering, well, Those things are not success in God's eyes, first of all. Uh, But then also that that's an idol. If I'm constantly looking to be a certain thing or or look a certain way, my classroom needs to look a certain way or whatever. And it's distracting me from the ministry that God has called me to as a teacher with those students I have right now. I only have them for a short time, you know. I want to really capitalize on that time. And if the bulletin board looks icky, oh, well, you know, (laughs) but I can impact these kids in a way that is so much deeper than how pretty this classroom looks right now. Um, So I guess that's one way for me just off the top of my head.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think um, obviously things, you know, it's, you talk about money. It's what money buys Mm. and um, we're bombarded. I mean, every Thirty seconds on an advertising. If you're mm-hmm. on social media, or if you're on your computer, or if you're on anything, working on the internet, anything like that, pop-ups, all kinds of stuff, and um, you know, I mean, you can just uh, in your phone, you know, order fifteen things from Amazon in the next fifteen seconds. I mean, you know, it's so and get
1: them in one day and get them in
2: one day. And so, it's um, you know, we we tend to collect things, mm-hmm. um, building mm-hmm. garages and adding on to your home so you can put your stuff in, you know, <laughs> and things like that. So. Um, I think a lot of those things can be idols. I think time. Um mm-hmm. or, or your my time, you know, uh things that I wanna do and and those things can get in the way of spending time with God. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um and again that's why I enjoy the car because there's not a lot of distractions. Yeah. You know, right. for me I've been between that road between Ukiah and Santa Rosa, I don't know, five billion times. You could do it in your sleep. I probably could. Oh, you wait, you yeah, do. I do. Well, s- yeah, but between right. Ukiah and Cloverdale, yeah. That's, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. no, that's only on Sunday morning. Saturday night, right. is totally awake. Right. But okay. Um, Great. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, you know, so I can zone out and and think and do a lot of those things when I'm in the car. But when I'm at home or at work or things like, there's so many distractions whether it's mm. the phone or sometimes I'm just sitting on my own you know, Apple mm-hmm. phone or iPhone or, and just looking at stuff. And that's why that the new uh, thing they have on there now with uh, your, the screen time, the screen time, because you report at the end of the week. Gary. I don't want to talk about what mine is because right. I can just sit there for like an hour and all of a sudden go, what have I done for the yeah. last hour? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, YouTube deep dive. Yeah. And I'm not thinking that it's like, I'm not. <laughs> about, I'm, I'm, about ocean life.
0: Right, right. <laughs> right. And How like tall when, was Jesus?
2: <laughs> when you look at one video, like I'll look at a Spring Hills video or something like that. And and all of a sudden that you know pops up where there's fifteen videos. Oh, it's the worst. And I'm like thirty videos into it, going, Mm -hmm. "Wait a minute, what? How did I get to this point? You know?" But um, I don't know. There's just there's so many distractions for our time, and it's a um, it's a constant battle. That happened to me. Mindless
1: scrolling. Yeah. Mindless. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mindless scrolling. I actually grew up in a time when Google did not exist. I'm just. That's how old I am. Yeah, right? you also we grew had, up when have,
0: electricity didn't exist, right? No, I had electricity,
2: <laughs> but I did have the rotary phones when you had of to actually course. dial. But yes. you know, to dial, there was no push buttons.
0: See, we're still at least of the generation that yeah. understands how a rotary. This phone is works.
1: true.
2: If, if we you, get it. If you wanted to talk to your friend, you actually got on your bicycle and went over to his house cross yeah. town.
0: You know what? This is what I actually think. This is really funny because that was still my our generation. <laughs> yes, was that we were absolutely. outside? Yeah. And we walked all over town yeah. to go to friends' house and stuff. Like we didn't have the we didn't have I think instant messaging came out when I was in junior high or high school. It really became like everybody had it. Yeah, it wasn't so just like a few people had. You know, AOL was a big deal at that point. Like oh, if you had AOL, much. it was uh-huh. a big deal, yeah. and it was like, whoa, you could chat instant messaging. Wow! And then it was like cell phone started. Then it was text mm-hmm. messaging, and just got. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the jump from 1999 to now is insane. Oh, it's the, outrageous! The drastic differences between 99 to now is. Like if you were to look from seventy nine to ninety nine, there's big jumps, but this is it's it's crazy. We were talking about it today, just with like what phones can do now. You have oh, the yeah. you have the world's knowledge at your fingertips all the time. That's I crazy. Think you
2: can get a college education on YouTube. So you can. That's just my opinion. As long as as well, long as you I know to
0: what is actually true. <laughs> right. Because exactly. you can put it in very anything true. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh this this'll kind of take me into the next thing is we're just talking about um. The distractions and we, you know, hardest time to focus on, on God. And I'll start with this one just for myself is, uh, the hardest time for me to really focus on worshiping God is, I mean, it's really difficult for me to worship when I feel, I think it goes to what you're saying about time, Jerry, when I feel like I deserve a break Mm -hmm. or I deserve a time when I'm very me focused on what I need or what I want that's where it's just like worship is not even, or at least worshiping God is not at the forefront. I'm worshiping, in all honesty, I'm worshiping Netflix. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing with my time is I'm watching a TV show. Right. And that's what I have put as the most important thing in my life. And then another thing that is really like, it's hard because I have a hard time with this one. And I think you guys can both relate to this is sometimes my family is going mm. before God. And that's mm-hmm. that's a hard pill to swallow when you have to realize that you need to put something before your family. And it's not easy to do because there's emotions that go with it. Now I know um, Patricia, you don't have children yet, but Mm -hmm. like Jerry, you've got grandkids now, Mm -hmm. great grandkids probably, right? No. And (laughs)
2: come on. I have seven grandkids, but no great grandkids. But uh, (laughs) I started very young at that point. (laughs) But
0: uh, what uh, my point is you would do anything for your kids you would do anything for right. your grandkids so to think that something is going to come before them is hard to mm-hmm. grasp like mm-hmm. i hold my my son's hand and there is a, there is a feeling that you i mean 100% when my son first son was born and the first time that you know his hand grabs my finger mm-hmm. there is i literally looked over at my dad who was in the room and i was like i get it now right. this is crazy it's such a cool and um, it's it's a it's a you can't explain it that experience you cannot explain. And my point is to think that now there's something that I love this child so much, but you know what? There's something that's going to come before this kid still, and it has to be God, and that's what that's <laughs> what it's going to be. And that's hard; it's not easy. So I actually think that my family sometimes can be a, a distract um, a distraction mm-hmm. from me worshiping. Mm-hmm. And now the God's also blessed me with an incredibly godly wife who sees that also. And we're able to, to hold each other up with this and be like, no, let's, let's pray together. We need to put God as the focus. God's the center of our family right. and God's. So I've been very blessed in that way that that's in my life. But I know a lot of people, they're not blessed with that. You know, like they, they might have that, that conflict in their, uh, maybe not their marriage, but their siblings or their parents or whatever it is. And it's, it can be difficult. It can really come, it can come in the way. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's difficult.
2: Well, I think too, when your kids reach that age, whether in sports and like soccer and little league and things like that, and you're, you know, three nights a week out for practice and games and all of a sudden games are on Sundays and it's like, wait a minute, that's our family time to go to church. And you're competing with that. And it's like, oh, especially if your kids get involved in traveling things, that's almost all weekend. And, um, you devote everything to that, to your kids. And all of a sudden you're going, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not having my time with the Lord anymore. I'm not taking Sunday as a serious day that that's my day to worship. And, um, and so it, it, you know, those are difficult years when your kids are doing that because it is, it is a, a a tough battle and a fight and it's hard to tell your kids, you know, we're not doing that on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I was coaching, I was really trying to make sure we never had practices, especially like on weekends and things like that or anything like that on Sundays and and try to always avoid, I would always tell whoever's running the league, you know, Hey, can we just not do this on Sunday? And Sometimes you have a choice, sometimes you don't, but that's definitely a thing.
0: So what are some of the biggest distractions for you two just in worship, worshiping God?
1: I think in, in, for me in general, it's any time that I, um, can set aside kind of like you were saying for myself in a way, whether it's mindless scrolling, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, whether it's. Yeah, binge-watching something. You ta- uh, you end up
0: taking a break from God.
1: Right, and and I, I think the way you phrased it is so, so true that it's that me time that immediately is taking the focus off of. But I only have me time because I'm a child of God, yeah, yeah. and he's blessed me so And the really. ironic thing
0: is the best thing for your me time is God. Right. <laughs> and, and we I'm still like, go to something oh, else. this
1: is backwards. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think filling that time with just other things that may may kind of bring me some, you know, some laughs or some enjoyment in the moment, but they don't actually feed my soul. So I'm still weary. I'm I'm still stressed or I'm still tired, you know, uh, or whatever it is um, where if I had truly spent that time with God, then Mm -hmm. I would walk away fulfilled, satisfied, and, and, you know, at least at peace with what may be going on. totally different.
2: Well, I think worship is so much different for everybody else. And and for us, it's music because we're involved with music. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of when I would somebody say, what's worship? I mean, that's kind of my first go-to thing. And as far as distractions go, not being a vocalist, um, I'm not usually paying attention to lyrics as much, Mm -hmm. right? And so when I first started playing in the worship team, um, my preparation during the week would be, you know, uh, looking at what key we're in and what's the time signature, you know, all the technical stuff. And I'm you know doing the chords, am I getting it right? Am I getting the right sound and all those kind of things and that's where my that's where I started. And so it became all the technical stuff, and pretty soon we, you know, I show up for the weekend, and I really, I don't even know the words we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know. So Mm -hmm. what I started doing, and it was was maybe about two years in. Andrea doesn't
0: always know the words we're doing either, and she's (laughs) a singer. I I heard that last (laughs) week too. Yeah, (laughs) unless it's on the back wall, right?
2: (laughs) So I hope she listens to this. Yes, me too. Um, that's payback. Um, so. Anyway, um, about two years into it, I re- kind of realized what was going on and it was like, and then, so mm-hmm. by the time the weekend is over, I've, I've played on stage and I played the key parts and everything. And I really wasn't paying attention to the songs we're singing. Right. So about two years into it, I started my practice for the in preparation for the weekend. I started with the lyrics and it would really just before even looking at what key we were playing at, I would just start reading the lyrics and start right. going that way. And that actually be- started becoming almost my Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would start there and looking at the lyrics and, and all of a sudden you're going, well, where, what's that? What verse does that come from? Yeah. And then I start chasing down that rabbit hole. And now all of a sudden that's my Bible study right. for that week. Cause I'm like just spending time. I'll pick one song or something.
0: That's something actually just a tangent real quick. That's something just as uh, we can encourage, you know, you, the listeners, if you're, if there's a couple songs that we do as a church that you really love, another really great way to be worshiping through that song is to do what Jerry just said. Go look at where the, the lyrics came from right what they're not just they're not just artsy things like most of the lyrics we're singing are directly from scripture and you're mm-hmm. you're singing verses from the bible and it's really cool when you go oh that's like directly from that psalm that david wrote where it's mm-hmm. talking about uh i mean i man i tried to come up with an example top on my head just now and it didn't work but um, there's plenty of those examples where they're all from scripture and it's really great. There's one song that we used to sing, um, and it's called God of our salvation. It's a Phil Wickham song from probably like 2011 or something like that. And the, the verse is literally just John 3:16. It's mm-hmm. just God so loved his children. He gave his only son that we would be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Like that. It's like, yeah, that's straight from that's the gospel. That's right. really, it's really cool to go look and see where those are written in scripture.
2: Right. I think like right now we're doing a song called My Testimony and and I wrote this down. It was like one of the lyrics that just really hit me the other day from when I was looking at this is it says, this is my testimony, death to life. Grace has changed my story. It's and I'll testify. Mm -hmm. And that that whole thing of grace has changed. My story is so huge. I mean, that's really the gospel right there.
0: Grace rewrote my story. Grace rewrote my you story. You should learn the lyrics better. I, too. Oh, I should wrong. probably learn.
2: I, did I write I them down? Yeah, I guess I did. But changed my story. I like to change whatever. I like to change the lyrics. Of the I'm songs. just giving you a hard time, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So
1: it's his testimony. It's my testimony. It's my testimony. It's not your testimony. <laughs> yep, not mine. <laughs> when,
2: when it's your time to do your yours, testimony, Grace you can, can change your. It can it'll change rewrite or rewrite Great. whatever. Yeah. But you know, so whoever you are, I mean, it's God's grace that changes your story. Amen. Or yeah. rewrites it, or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They've they been the same thing, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Potato, that's potato. Great. Yeah. Great. Uh, great input there. Good job, Jerry. Thank we you. We don't say that very often. You don't good say that that so uh, Yeah. Good job, Jerry. I've heard a lot. We talked about emotions and, and, uh, and feelings a little bit earlier. And I want to talk about that a little bit, too, because feelings and emotions can sometimes get in the way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be the, a big distraction and a specific example of this happened back in, I believe it was, uh, the end of August or no, it was in September. And I got a text message from my wife. F- I don't know, five minutes before we went on stage and I didn't see it, but Kiki comes running back to the green room asking me, where's Caitlin, which is a very odd question for Kiki to be asking me, where's Caitlin, where's Caitlin. And I'm like, uh, she's at a photo shoot. She goes, no, I mean exactly. Where is Caitlin? And I'm like, she's Helen Putnam. That's where her photo shoots at. Why? And she goes, I, and, it, and this is like five minutes before we're going on stage. She goes, I just got a call from Caitlin, who is my wife. Just if, if you guys didn't know that, uh, she said something about something about somebody's chasing her. And I couldn't really understand what she was saying. And she was driving and she said something about being in a collision. And if you can imagine the, the, uh, the vast, um, the, the many different things that went through my brain at that point. Now, the thing you also need to know about Kiki is if anybody's going to take care of a situation, it's going to be Kiki. Oh, absolutely. So she basically just said, I don't know what's going on. I will figure it out. John Knapp is going to go and Lauren are going to go drive to where her photo shoot was and track her down and we're going to go find her because no service at right. Helen Putnam, right? So she, her service was going in and out. Oh, so she, Kiki says, go lead worship, <laughs> go go do your thing, and then figure it out after. Now, I can see Kiki in the back at the sound booth talking to people. Oh, my God. I, I did not remember anything because my emotions were in the way. However, my emotions started as a distraction, but then I had to completely surrender that and i had to let not let my emotions be a distraction but right. rather let my let my emotions be something that i could surrender to god and be like you know what i don't know what's going on right now and i'm thinking worst case scenario obviously like with that kind of thing right and i i had to surrender to god i don't even remember now this even this was like the next week i was like i don't remember what songs we sang that week because It was something that, that got me to this place of like, I'm not just worshiping God through music. I'm worshiping God with my life right now. Like everything that I'm doing, because I was so thankful that she was okay. And it was a crazy situation. She ended up being completely fine. She was not hurt. Um, you know, she's shaken up a little bit and it was a strange uh, occurrence, but it was one of those situations where I realized like, man, if I'm not careful, my emotions, they, they become the wall that's between me worshiping Mm -hmm. me and worshiping God or I can just completely surrender my feelings and emotions and my thoughts all to God. And you know what? I'm going to worship God, give it all to him, and I'm not going to let this affect it. It's not going to be a distraction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how what what's your experience with this? Feelings and emotions, how can they be a distraction? Or how can they get in the way? Or how can they help?
1: Right. I think, well, as a vocalist, um, I mean, and I'm a very emotional person. I emote naturally all the time. <laughs> Uh, in just my day-to-day uh so i think with with vocals it's one of those things where if i get too caught up in the emotion like even if it's just i really love this song these lyrics i really connect with yeah um because uh, you know sometimes we do yeah um it's like oh i cannot vocalize if i am <laughs> that emotional mm-hmm. um so i think there's sometimes th- this sense of i want to be Connected to that worshipful moment in leading, but still being able to lead. Yeah. You know, and and so there's this balance that comes with and, and praying, being prayed up beforehand. Lord, you know, I really, really connect with this song. So help me emote. Help me lead worship with this. But also be able to get through it you know? yeah. and not be like a ball of tears and genuinely and genuinely exactly that, it's that like, can be tough i mean we, we sing
0: songs a lot it can become robotic so being right. genuine in what we're doing can be a challenge right and i think i mean not i think balance. i know that without without giving it all to god from the start mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to be genuine if you're if you're completely if you're completely just depending on your own strength and your own abilities it's not gonna happen
1: yeah there's no way
0: you know and maybe you'll ha- maybe you could no. maybe you could have a good weekend like that where you're like hey that weekend went really well right and you go yeah how I didn't I mean I I can't tell you how many times where it's like I've been on stage we're leading worship and I'm thinking okay the uh whatever it is this the the click track's not working or mm-hmm. something and I look back at the drummer and I'm like I, or I don't have a click I did this a couple weeks ago with Ricky I looked back at him my in ears had gone out so I couldn't hear the click track which is I can get through it knowing that having the songs memorized. Right. I don't have to have the click track, but there are spots where it's just the guitar playing. And so I I just need to let Ricky know, I need you to keep that time for me mm-hmm. so I know where I'm at. And there's been times where something like that has happened and I get past the first song or something and I realize I legitimately did not think about God once during that song. And it it mm-hmm. kills me to admit that, but right. it's true because... Things can be they can just get in the way. Absolutely. And it's so it's so easy. So to be genuine, and I, I say this when when I pray before the service, I say this often. I pray for God to help us worship him with our whole heart, not with part of it. God doesn't deserve just part of it. He deserves right. the whole thing. And I think there's a worship album. I think it's I think it's Passion or maybe it's Matt Redmond. Um and the it's literally the album is called Whole Heart. And it's, that's, I mean, worshiping God with the whole heart is something I pray all the time because I don't want that just to happen when I'm playing music. I want to worship God with my whole heart when I'm setting up the sound system. I want to worship God with my whole heart when I'm sitting in my small group, when I'm sitting in my living room with my kids playing a game, when we're having dinner, when I'm hanging out with my friends, when I'm playing basketball, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I want this to be worship with my whole heart because I know that God can do amazing things through everything that we're doing and if we are 100% worshiping him and all that we do, he's going to do amazing things through those, mm-hmm. through build relationships, impact people in different ways. It's going to be, uh, you'll see the, the impacts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, before we head out here, I do want to have you just mention one more time, or maybe not one more time, but just anything you, feelings about worship. Now, I know you guys have a lot of notes there because um, I gave you guys, this is something else you all should know about me. I call these Garrett-sized emails. I'm very wordy. <laughs> when i send things out i'm very wordy and i go yeah we'll talk about all this stuff and then i look down and we're an hour in and i'm like yeah we talked about like 40 percent of this maybe um but that just means next time we do this we have it's a lot good, more to talk about see? right so i want to ask you just uh, any other thoughts on worship because i wanted this also to be uh, another opportunity for us to encourage our spring hills church family uh, in worship and not just worship through music but worship beyond the right. stage. So any other words you guys, uh, that you wrote in your notes there? Uh, it can be one of your you know favorite song of yours, how it impacts you, anything just to encourage our church.
1: Well, I think it kind of goes back to a little bit of what we were talking about with lyrics, uh, to certain songs, um, and how they can really help you get into that mindset of worship, that, that heart, there's better words for that, but they're the heart mindset, if that makes sense. Um, and I think for me, something that I can go back to because it is so scriptural are those old hymns. Yes, and I grew up on those, um, and I know I'm in I'm in the same company here of people who didn't. There's so many times I can go back and think. For example, it is well, right? I mean. Those lyrics get me. Go look up the Every story time. of it. Yes. Too. Oh my goodness. Oh, Horatio G. Spafford. Yes. I know. I know. I mean know the story.
0: story of yeah, Horatio G. Spafford if you want to go look up an amazing story of somebody who had the heart of worship. Absolutely. Go read the story of when he wrote that song because it's unbelievable and I don't want to tell you what it is because no, but I look want you it to up. I want your jaw to drop and be like Absolutely. this guy wrote this song when that happened.
1: Yeah. Check it yeah. out. Yeah. I mean the the, the testimony it, just in that it, and just lyrically it, I can read through those lyrics, pray through them. Um, and they sustain me, you know, because I know, uh, one, they're scriptural, but also it's just seeing what, what God can accomplish, um, in the midst of, you know, what was the, the heavy billows roll, you know, all these beautiful language that's used there, but those old hymns to me are just so comforting, uh, not just because I grew up with them, but because now I can look at them and see scripture like jumping out of those lyrics at me. Where when I was a kid, I didn't understand that. It's just what we sang in church. Yeah. Now and, it means and possibly so much more. even just
0: like it was just a boring song we sang. Exactly. In right. I mean, it was that like, happened to me a lot growing up.
1: Right. It didn't have meaning to uh, as much for me as it as they do now. So that's one thing that I think I can definitely say helps. Uh, or I go back to when it comes to worship.
0: There's a really great if you if you don't know much about hymns, there's a really great uh, kind of a a chunk of time where all of the current worship artists redid a bunch of these old hymns, right. and it's really cool because they revived a lot of these songs. That I don't want to say that they went away because there were people still singing them, but the younger generation. A lot of us didn't really know those songs if we didn't grow up in church, exactly. right? And so mm-hmm. when we're singing these songs, um, the, these hymns, and there's hymns that like my dad will still mention them every now and then. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a hymn. Because there are hundreds mm-hmm. of them or oh, thousands. Yeah. There's so many of them and they're great. And so looking up those words, it's like they're so, I mean, or looking at the lyrics, they're so, um, they're so full. They're really they great. Are. Come Now Fount has been one of my favorites for a long time because... Mm-hmm. I there's the line in that one, let thy goodness like a fetter bind Mm -hmm. my wandering heart to thee. And it's like I didn't know what a fetter was. Mm -hmm. But basically it's a chain. So let your goodness be the chain that links my heart to you. And like that's oh man, what that's it's like I mean, talk about being artistic in the way that you explain something. Like, wow, that's awesome.
2: Poetic. So yeah, poetic. It's so cool. Yeah. How
1: great thou art is another one for me. there's,
2: there's not a lot of uh, modern Christian artists that are writing songs like the hymns, like that, where you have to kind of go and see what was he talking about? What's He's that study. word? You know, I think Crowder is one of those guys that kind of still does a lot of that, and you have to kind of some of the words he uses, you're like what was that? I don't,
0: I didn't. Well, I don't then know you've got is, the, you then know? you've got the group of guys that were writing modern hymns. True, right. they were writing hymns right. in the '90s and the early 2000s, and uh, I mean, Tomlin's written some, and mm-hmm. Tomlin's even taken some. You know, they, there was this whole span of time where they were taking parts of hymns. And adding them into their songs like right. Cornerstone, a lot of people don't know that the verses of Cornerstone mm-hmm. are from a hymn, The Solid Rock. And mm-hmm. people, yeah. a lot of people didn't know that because yeah. it's just, that's a great song and people know Cornerstone as Cornerstone. And it's right. like, that's from an old hymn. And it's really cool the way
2: that these, these guys have done that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, I think for a lot of people, music is just music in general, whether it's secular music or whatever, it's so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. and you can hear a song and it'll take you back to a certain point in your life mm-hmm. or an event. Mm-hmm. And, and, but that and I realize that's not for everybody. I've got a friend that, man, he, he doesn't even like to come to church during the music part of it because the music is just not his thing, but he's been, you know, uh, faithfully teaching at the Juvenal hall ministry for 40 years now. Wow. I mean, that's his thing, right? But so, but just music doesn't doesn't float his boat doesn't get doesn't get him emotional or whatever I will
0: never understand it but
2: yeah, you know right. what but, but you do you right right but exactly. for me I mean it's like um again I think that's listening to the music and then following where the lyrics go and then and going to the bible from that I I will sometimes get more from a song that I do I don't want to say this to, Brett might hear this but you know listening to a pastor or somebody talk And, and teaching a lesson or something. Brett's a musician. He's a musician. He He knows that what he's talking about. Right. Thanks, (laughs) Brett. Um, But, uh, you know, there's something that I walk away getting more out of a song that we did versus the sermon. And I'll remember the song more. And that, if that's the way you remember, then that's a great way to do it, I think. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think um, for me, just like worship is just, and the music is so powerful. And Mm -hmm. so, it's how how I communicate. Yeah. It's what yeah, no. I mean, I sing constantly. So that's it, yeah. it's all over
0: in my life. It's just music 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 is like it's everywhere. it's all over my tattoos on my arm too. Right. so I mean, like it's 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 ingrained in me just to be like i d- I dream in music sometimes. Yeah. like mm. I literally dream with a soundtrack, which is really so I've said that to some people they're like, wait what? And just like some people say they might dream in cartoons or something right. like that. I'm like, wait, hold on what? And if I say like there's music in my dreams, it's like, wait, how does that work? And I'm like, I don't know. God's it just happens. God, you know what? I God's dream not in two boring, languages. Yes. It's all
1: good. That's
2: amazing.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's just, another thing about Patricia. You might, the fun fact, she's bilingual. It's true. I yeah. just
2: wish I could actually sing because, I mean, music is so important to me, but I can't sing.
0: We know that. We know that you can't sing. Well, thank you both so much for coming down. So Patricia and Jerry, they'll be back on this uh, on the Worship Beyond the Stage podcast um, episode. So you'll hear them again. You'll also hear them on stage often uh, over the next, especially Church on the Lawn right now. Come join us. We're finally getting to meet live again, and it's great. Jerry, you have not been able to be with us on the stage outside yet, right? Not yet. Yeah. So Patricia, you've been there a few times. Yes. Um, Jerry, you did get to record with us a few times, and we're still doing that too. So maybe you'll see Jerry. Um, online also. So thank you so much for for joining me today. I appreciate it and we'll catch you guys next time with uh, Beyond the Stage.